Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 53, 2023. Dancing with the Stars has concluded its 18th season with Channel 7, and what a ratings bonanza it was. Australia once again fell in love with a whole new batch of celebrities and were, who were vying for the coveted Mirrorball and their opportunity to assist their chosen charity. The winner of the 2023 season was Phil Burton. From the Viennese waltz to the Paso Doble and from a brilliant foxtrot to a fast-paced freestyle, Phil showed great progression, starting with a score of 29 and then reaching a final 39. Phil is an awesome musician, best known as a member of four tracks to begin with and then Human Nature. Human Nature has spanned some 30-plus years with 13 studio albums, 27 platinum awards, 19 top 40 singles and album sales in excess of 2.5 million in Australia alone. Human Nature have been inducted into the ARIA Hall of Fame and Phil has been awarded a Medal of the Order of Australia. After a massive and successful 11-year run in Las Vegas, Phil and his wife and children are back living in Australia. He now adds winner of Dancing with the Stars to his achievements. Phil Burton joins me now. Phil, thank you for joining me at TV Central. Oh, no worries, Aaron. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, great to have you. First up, congratulations on the um, Dancing with the Stars win. You did get some great feedback from the judges, which must have given you some confidence. I don't want to downplay your win, but you were in a pretty imp- impressive group. Um, Emily, Virginia, Christy, Mary and Paulini were just powerhouses as well. It oh, must yeah. have been a, a bit of extra icing on the cake knowing that you won with in such an elite group. Uh, I I guess so. I mean, it was it was wonderful to win. It really was. Um, and I feel great. I feel so proud of what Ashley and I achieved together. Um, but I suppose in the end, being in that group with those other five people that you mentioned, you know that that to me, the the winning of the winning of part is not as important as the six of us doing so well and making a great grand final. And I think watching the show, we actually, Emily organised for a bunch of the cast to go and watch the show together last night. So we were all together watching it on a big screen. And being together and reliving the moment just showed us just how amazing it was and that together we should feel so proud of ourselves for this amazing TV show that we made. It was amazing. Um, and that final freestyle dance, I, I have to ask about that impressive lift. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the question is. It's what the, how the, how, how did it work? Well, I think we freaked a lot of people out during doing that lift. Um, you did. <laughs> I, more than a few people thought that I'd dropped her on a head. Um, but it was always planned that way. Um, surprisingly, the lift is easier to do than it looks. And I think that's the experience of Ashley knowing this is going to impress people, you know, and it's not that difficult, but when people watch it, they think it's this crazy thing. And she was right. And it was an incredibly impressive moment that everyone remembers, but all I had to make sure that I did was make sure that I just lifted Ashley above my head. And then she kind of slid down my back. So all I had to make sure I did was not lift her too high that she missed my back because that would have been disastrous if I'd thrown (laughs) her halfway across the studio floor. Um, but we got it right. And yeah, there was a, um, watching the footage, a few people were filming it backstage and you can hear people scream when I did it. And they were like, Oh, and the audience all took this collective gasp thinking that I dropped her on the head. But, um, that was a hell of a moment. It was a good one. It did look like it for two seconds getting dropped on the head, but yeah, very impressive. 
Now, some people say that um, musicians uh, have an edge in general on Dancing with the Stars. Now, obviously, human nature don't do Viennese waltzes or foxtrots as part of their performance. That's so right. We're definitely in the unknown. I guess it's that perception of moving on stage, understanding musical timing, beat, rhythm, and 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 so forth. The musicians did do very well this year. Do you think there is a slight advantage or do you just think it was completely unknown territory for you? If there is an advantage, it's probably just that learning the steps and feeling the rhythm are things that come naturally. Um, So I guess that the advantage is you can move past that and into the posture and the attitude and the positioning of everything else and all of that intricate stuff that goes with ballroom dancing you can get to that bit a little quicker than the people who struggle with finding the rhythm. So, but when it comes down to it, I'd have to say that is a pretty minimal advantage to have because in ballroom dancing, I would say 90% of it is the posture and the positioning and the attitude. It's, Mm. it's way more than you think. And I equate it to if someone asked an opera singer to sing a pop song, um, you know, you ask someone like, um, I'm just trying to think of an opera singer, like if you asked someone like, um, what's Amelia Ferrugia, who's a Mm. beautiful opera singer. If you asked her to sing Hit Me Baby One More Time, (laughs) she's going to get the melody and the lyrics right and it's going to sound great, but it's not going to sound like Britney Spears. It's not going to sound like a pop song. Um, And in the inverse, you you ask me, for instance, who's a pop singer, you ask me to sing an opera song. Sure, I'll get the melody and the lyrics right, but it's not going to sound like an opera song until I've done way more work to get it to get it close and and that's the same with ballroom dancing as opposed to pop dancing mm. you've there's there, all the intricacies is what turns it from just doing the steps turning it into actual ballroom dancing so whatever advantage i had i would think is quite minimal yeah all right phil let's try to pop out an opera song now but no yeah no worries <laughs> we here to... we go <laughs> all right so i had to ask you everyone's probably asked you um no 10 from craig um to a final score of 39 um nobody received a perfect set of four tens in the grand final was it just a tiny bit frustrating for you without that extra 10 um i don't think that the the lack of a 10 from craig was frustrating in the grand final as it was the week before uh... to be honest the grand final, I know that everyone was absolutely trying their best, but I also know that all six of us, or all 12, including the the pro dancers, we were absolutely exhausted by then, you know, mentally and physically. So getting through the routines for the last dance was really, really hard. And I don't think, looking back, I don't think anyone did do a performance that was worthy of 40 points, myself included. There was, um, you could just, knowing what we'd been through there was tiredness and exhaustion and we just we managed to get through it we should all be really proud of the performances we did of course but for me the week before the foxtrot ashley and i had worked on that one so hard it was our absolute favorite and we just loved dancing it over and over again it never felt like work doing that dance and the frustrating thing for us was um you know we got three tens from everybody else who said it was absolutely perfect and craig decided to give us to dock 10% of our points and quite literally, it's going to sound like I'm nitpicking here, but quite literally, instead of my hand being like that, Mm. you know, instead of my thumb being against my palm, it was lifted just an inch above my hand for about five seconds of the dance. And that's what he picked out and decided that that was worth losing a point for. So that was frustrating. It was like really a thumb 
a thumb being in the wrong spot. But anyway, you know what? We got it got us to the grand final, so the points in the end didn't matter. Yeah, that was a great fox trot. That was the uh, Frank Sinatra one, wasn't it? Oh, Fred Astaire. Oh, Fred Astaire. Yeah. yeah, well, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, which I who I love watching dance. They're just so graceful and so beautiful together. And and to be able to try and emulate that a little bit and you know be inspired by them, we had Ash and I had the best time putting that that dance together. It was just a joy from start to finish. So just one more question about the judges. I mean, normally on Dancing with the Stars, there is just one so-called, you know, nasty judge, um, and that's usually reserved for Todd McKenney. You could really <laughs> feel it this year being sort of double trouble, both Craig and Todd, almost in a race to give the the lowest score sometimes, although you were, you were quite immune from that. What Was it tough having both Craig and Todd this year? I think Todd this year, I know I've seen him be like the evil judge in the past, but I think having Craig and him together, Craig, obviously, the, some of the comments that he came out with were like, whoa, did he really just say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> which made Todd, I think, more of an honest judge. Yeah. I think rather than him being mean, he he could say the things that were quite critical, but in the end you looked at him and sort of went, well, yeah, he's not wrong. So whether he said critical things about me or anyone else, you could always tell that what Todd was saying was like, well, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. And yes, that's correct. And Shana is, um, she was so positive the whole time and just beautiful. She was really great at sort of pumping up people's confidence. And, and yeah, I loved listening to her comments. They were always so positive and, and so great. And Mark's always, he's very much the traditionalist and, um, but again, he's very positive and so supportive and just, all of the judges in their own way, what they were saying was important to hear, whether it's positive comments and making you feel better about yourself or negative comments and, and really hearing the worst of what you did. Mm. I think in the end it all balanced out in the middle and you got the good and the bad, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, through the series, you did four main dances, of course. Um, is there a dance that you that you didn't do but would have liked to give a crack? Well, um, we act, we had to put together a dance-off dance just in case we were in the bottom two or bottom three in any of the episodes. Um, and we put together a really fun Charleston, oh. which we never ended up having to do. Um, we were lucky enough that we never got into the bottom two, but I would have loved to have maybe sent, like got to show that one off because it was, it was really fun. You have already alluded to this, but um, I just wanted to flesh out a little bit more. The series is is obviously competitive in nature, but but to be mm. honest, I, I really didn't see that uh, to a major degree. Um, you guys all seemed so family orientated, supporting each other, looking out for each other uh, through the series. How did you see the series? Was I mean, I know that you said that you were sort of all together as, as that mm -hmm. team, but were you doing it to grow yourself personally? Was it about the teamwork or was there a competition aspect as well? Or was it perhaps just all of it? Oh, I think I can't, I don't think I can really stress enough how little competition there was backstage. Yeah. It was like, there was no competitive, there was a competitive spirit amongst ourselves in that let's do this together and let's be as good as we can be. Um, before the, before the show started filming in the initial rehearsals, the rehearsal period, it was very much an individual thing about wanting to do your best with your partner and, and bringing out the best in yourself. But the second that we all got together for the first time, the camaraderie between us all, it really exploded into life. And we really realized 
along with the producers and everybody, like all the uh, the people, the the producers and the crew and the creative people and the publicity people, it was all about making a great show and putting on a great show together. And so it instantly felt like we were like an ensemble cast of a great show rather than competitors in in some kind of competition. So to be able to to get together before every episode, Kelly Abbey, the creative director, would take us through like a real positive mantra thing before every every show, getting us to visualise being successful on stage. And she would be saying like, you know, the points don't matter, the judges don't matter, this is all about you guys doing a great show. So that really hit home. And backstage there was nothing but support amongst all of us. It was all watching each other's routines and cheering each other on. There was so much, so many hugs going on backstage and mm. a real lot of love in the room. So, yeah, like I said, I can't stress enough that it was just such a team effort. And I've out of this, I've made some incredible new friends and it's it's just wonderful. It was certainly noticeable that that ensemble thing when you're watching from home. Well, in in terms of, of your like growing yourself, you, you started at 29 for a score and then 35 and then ended up at 39. Is, is that like a, I'm guessing if you're going on that show, just progressing at whatever rate that is, even if you start with a, you know, a, a 10 and then go to a 15, it's, is that sense of progression. Did you, are we, were you happy with how you progressed in the series? Oh, really happy. Absolutely. Um, I was really proud of all of the dances that we did, um, but the fact that we did progress like that, I think, is amazing. And um, I guess that came with the confidence that I was ga- gaining with every different episode that I would dance in, knowing that, you know, one, that first one, oh, my God, I've never been so nervous in my life before we hit the stage for the first performance, the Viennese Waltz. Yeah, My hands were shaking. I was feeling sick. It was... Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> it was like the feeling was really full on and Ash kept having to grab me and she's like, we were going like forward to forward and just going like, you know what, you can do this, you've got this. And I was like, yeah, I've got this, I know I've got this. So she was talking me through it. She was a champion. It was great. So knowing the feeling that I had before that first dance and knowing that that dissipated more and more as we got more into the show and I got more confident with what I was doing, um, I guess that's something that obviously came through with the judges by the fact that the scores did go up and up and up and they could obviously see the progression as well, which I think is really fantastic to know that I was growing and it felt like I was as well. The more dancing we did, the the more confident I was getting and and the more I felt like I was growing. Just a, a couple of other questions now. I did mention the name Four Tracks in the introduction. Um, yes. That wasn't a, a misstep. You, you met Toby and Andrew at school and were in productions together and, and you formed a band called Four Tracks. Human nature is obviously synonymous with the Australian public. What mm. was, I mean, it, maybe it could have been Four Tracks. Um, why was the change from Four Tracks to, to human nature? Well, when we got together at school, we were doing doo-wop um, and even some barbershop quartet music. It was um it was very, very uncool. We weren't cool at school at all. <laughs> um, I can't that believe was, that. No, we weren't. Oh my god, it was terrible. Um, you know, we went to a school that had a really great music department, but it also was very much a sporting school, and a lot of farm kids who came from out in the country. So to have these four boys singing doo wop together, um, it just was kind of very different and very alien to them and. So we would cop a lot of uh, a lot of shit. Let's just say we would cop quite a bit at school, and um, we had to really stick together. Um, but the four tracks, yeah, that was the name we came up with, and 
spelt with an X, which we thought was cool at the time, four tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that we changed is because after about five years of being together, we were doing cabaret shows around RSL clubs around the country, um, which the name The Four Tracks really suited. But then when we started recording pop music, we thought The Four Tracks is not really the name for a young, hot pop band. We need to come up with something new. So when we signed with Sony Music in 1995, that's when we started looking for a new name. And uh, Mike actually came up with Human Nature, and it just really seemed to suit what we did. And it hadn't been used by a band before, so... It really suited us. But funnily enough, you know, 10 years after that, we started recording Motown music and we thought to ourselves at the time, wow, you know, the name The Four Tracks would actually really suit us now. You know, it sounds like The Four Tops or The Four Aces. We could go back to Four Tracks, but no, by then it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wondered this, um, when when a band is successful, as you guys have been and still are, whether you you get sick of singing certain things, I think of someone like Daryl Braithwaite, who's a great Australian music legend, um, has great songs, new songs, but everyone's yelling out, "Sing horses!" Yeah, um, true. You, you, you've released some great music over the years, but always I always remember telling everybody wishes. One of my personal favourites is that uh, people get ready. Um, you are an artist, and I'm sure you like to evolve. But does it get an annoying getting requests to play songs that you sang literally a thousand times? It sounds weird to say it, but no, you don't. Ah. Not at all. Um, because, the you know, those are the songs that the crowd want to hear. So when you do sing them, the crowd are going to react like they wanted to hear it. They're going to love it. So that feedback from the crowd, that positivity when you do those favourites, that sort of, that really offsets any feeling that you would have in your body of, oh, I've done this song a thousand times. Yeah. Um, you never feel like you don't want to do it. Um, because you know that you're going to get that positive reaction. And, you know, when it comes down to it, we're all insecure individuals in the end, and that positive reaction is something that we all thrive on. You know, we'd love to hear the cheer of a crowd. So, um, yeah, there's it's no bother and no sort of no hardship at all to do the old favourites. We love it. Oh, great. All right, so let's go straight to the source. There's been some headlines. Phil quits human nature. Shockers, Phil Burton leaves human nature. Human nature goes from four to three. Then other articles suggest you're on some kind of leave of absence or scaling back or taking a break. What is the official status between yourself and and, and human nature? Uh, they love a good headline, don't they? Well, the official status is that human nature is a very much still an ongoing concern. We're still very much together. Uh, the difference now is that I don't long I no longer live in Las Vegas and the other guys do. They do a show as a trio over in Las Vegas. They do about three to four shows a month at a casino called South Point. Yeah. Um, and that's going really well for them. The show's fantastic and they sell a lot of tickets to it and it's, it's successful, which is wonderful. Um, that's the only difference is that I'm not involved in that show. Uh, everything else um, touring around Australia, everything to, to do with that. It's always the four of us, always has been, always will be. Bloody headlines. Unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. And just uh, finally, um, you, you've had countless awards, recognition, Order of Australia, top 10 singles, albums, all of that kind of stuff. And now you've reached the pinnacle, obviously, with winning Dancing with the Stars. Oh, You're yeah, only... absolutely. It's the top now. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> You're only in your 40s. There's still a long way to go. Yeah. What goals and aspirations have have you still got moving forward? Well, um, I I really love branching out and trying new things. And for me, after 33 years of performing with the other guys, I have almost never done a solo show. 
Ah. If you can believe that, 33 years of singing and I've never really done a solo show. I did a few solo shows in February. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing a bunch of those. I've actually got a bunch of solo shows locked in that start in mid-September and take me all the way through to early next year. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to sort of knuckling down and, and creating that show and getting out on the road to do them. So I can't wait for that. Well, if there's one in Perth, I will definitely pop along to that one. Well, hopefully. Um, I mean, they're only in Sydney at the moment, but if they go well in Sydney, then absolutely I'll be branching out and taking them on the road. And Perth would be like priority number one. I love it over there. Absolutely. Well, Phil, what a what a dancing with the stars finale. You absolutely nailed it. Deserved winner. And also thank you for the joy that you bring to so many people over the years with the music. I was like 16 years old running down to Kmart back in the time to get the single <laughs> wishes when it came out. Played it like five million times. Great memories when you when you think back. Um oh, but Phil. Thanks, a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate the chat. That was lovely. All right. That was Phil Burton, winner of Dancing with the Stars 2023. If you've missed any of the series, you can catch up on the whole season on 7+. Plus. Well, that's it for this podcast. For all the latest news, streaming options, ratings, television guides and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. But for now, I'm Aaron Ryan. Bye for now. Bye for now.